Hey everyone, welcome to one of our very unique review discussions. We do this every once in a while for typically a game that we really, really enjoyed or a game that we were really looking forward to or part of a series that we love or, or what have you. So as usual with these things, there's uh, basically no holding back. So, you know, huge spoiler warning right here. A spoiler warning is in effect. If you don't want uh, to be spoiled, like if you don't want the story to be spoiled or anything for Pokemon uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, then just stop this right now. However, I'm pretty sure that a lot of you guys um, have already played it if you're really, really into the series. And so, yeah, so just wanted to very quickly give you that little warning. We're not going to hold back. So, like, as soon as Steven starts talking, in theory, we could just start right away and talk about the ending of the game and ruin it all. So you have been warned. <laughs> And uh, that's it. So our local resident Pokemon guru take over. Okay, so first, before we start this, I want to clear a few things out. Uh, did, are you done with the post game right now? Like, did you do the the Rainbow Rocket mission? I am at the very, very end because someone made me six eggs, and I just finished the first island. So <laughs> really, you went back and <laughs> so far, okay. <laughs> So that's good. All right, so we're going to be able to uh, talk about that and, and spoil it for everyone because I, I, you're at the end, so it's you probably know what's going to happen. And I also want to uh, know how much of Pokemon Sun and Moon you played because I think this is important for the context of this review since Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is basically the same game with some changes, which we'll talk about. So I want to know how familiar you were with Sun and Moon. Okay, well... I wasn't expecting you to tell me this, so um, the only thing I didn't do in Sun was, because I didn't play Moon, I only played Sun. I'm, if you're hearing background noise, it's because I'm currently going to put Sun into my 3DS, because I'd like to give you, it's much easier for me anyway, in terms of hours. It'll give you an idea of like what you've done you know like if it's like 12 hours you're like yeah okay you didn't even finish the game type of thing but i, I finished the game it's uh i didn't do anything after though so i didn't do the post game which you've already sort of talked a little bit about because it wasn't about wormholes and stuff like that yeah okay so i'm 37 hours and 27 minutes is what i have okay all right so because it We've we've been texting uh, since this game was released, and it seems like you did not remember much story-wise from Sun and Moon. Like, you did not necessarily pick up the changes as much as I did, so maybe it's because this game was so far away, and you don't, you, once you beat it, you probably never picked it up again, or almost didn't, besides our battle, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think that's exactly it. But as I was playing it... Um Certain things like I didn't remember, and but as I, as I was playing it, it was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like overall, I remembered most of of what was happening. I just I was like, was there a Pokemon League? You know, like things like that. And then as you play through it, you're like, oh yeah, 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 okay. You know, like things like that. But yeah, I could not do this discussion on my own because. The truth is, like, I don't run. I like just don't know the first one well enough. To be able to be like, oh, that's cool, you know, like they changed this or they changed that, like so, like uh, for example, if uh, if and when shouldn't be if when Dragon Quest, uh, what is it, eleven gets released on the Switch, and I and I pick that one up, 
I'll be able to easily tell you, you know, like what the differences are already mm-hmm. from just playing like the 3DS one to the PS4 one. I already know like tons of stuff, but that's because like, you know, I analyzed that crap out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this will be interesting because like I'm a like a Pokemon fanboy number one here. I'll play anything and everything they release and every year I also go back and play a re- retro game or two from the series because I'm such a Pokemon fan. But like I told you before you started playing this, I was really interested to see if you would enjoy this game since this was your first time uh, playing through a third version. Besides Yellow, but Yellow is, doesn't count because that's what you played first. So I was wondering what a... I call you a casual Pokemon fan, but really at this point you're, you're, you're beginning to be a hardcore one since you buy everything and you play everything. But I was really... I didn't think you would enjoy this as much because it's like i said basically the same game as last year but you seem to have put a lot more hours into ultra sun and ultra moon than you did in sun and moon so before we talk about the story and everything i just want your like impressions and your early thoughts on this game because you seem am i mistaken by thinking that you seem to enjoy this one a bit more well i think every everything with me goes um relates to like what's happening in my life everything and i think like when did pokemon yellow come out two years ago now no it came out last year in February. okay so then there you go okay well so, yeah it came out in 1998 but well, I mean, no yeah yeah exactly okay so that means i've only been with pokemon for one year right yep okay so then that well, explains almost it too soon yeah but but that explains that explains it it's sort of like Dragon Quest uh, 11, right? Like, I, I literally put, like, 200 hours into the 3DS version and immediately jumped into the PS4 version, but fatigue set in relatively quickly. Like, I'm, I'm right at the final boss, but I just... Uh, like, I, I haven't had the willpower to go back. And, and it's not because it's a bad game or anything like that, but it's just because it's like, well, Jared, you already put in... Like, combine both games, you've put in, like, almost 300 hours into Dragon Quest XI in another language, for God's sakes. Um, and I think it was the exact same thing with Pokemon. It, I did not not enjoy Pokemon Sun, but I think it was like I had just played through Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon uh, Crystal, Pokemon Emerald, and, and I, I was like, okay, whoa. And you warned me of all of this. You were like, you know, be careful because there is a new Pokemon coming out. And, like, you don't want to get, like, fatigued. You don't want to be tired of it. So this year, I purposely did not pick up Pokemon... um, Gold and Silver. yeah, Yeah, thank you. Gold and Silver, just for that reason. Like, for nothing else, I was like, no, no. I want to experience a Pokemon game, like... Like, like someone else would, you know, like, like a fan of the series would, where they didn't just play through like, you know, 20 different versions of Pokemon. And that that makes, uh, that makes sense. Uh, just to give people some context, like for me, Pokemon is a series I can't seem to get tired of. I don't know what it is. Just for example, last year I played through red, blue, and yellow, all three games I completed. I, oh, put 100 hours into all of them and completed the Pokedex in yellow. I then beat Pokemon Platinum and the fan-made Pokemon uh, Uranium. And then Sun and Moon, I both beat them, having a combined 
time of over 300 hours into those 300 hours into those two games and now this year I also played through gold and put like 40 hours into that I'm just um, I don't know what it is about this series so of course take my opinion on Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon with a grain of salt depending on what type of uh, Pokemon fan you are because this is my series I am an ultra fanboy of this but that's why I wanted to bring you in here so we can have a not necessarily a different opinion but a different take on this because even though you're a big Pokemon fan you're not as crazy as I am so maybe we'll 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 be able to bring something unique here and that's my goal yeah okay man um but to answer your your question like am I enjoying this one more than sun and moon uh yeah I am for sure I am but I don't know if that's because of the game or if that's because I haven't played one in a long time yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so first off, we're going to talk about the story. Uh, for, for me, Sun and Moon, I really, really enjoyed the game for many reasons, but I thought it was the first Pokemon game to deliver a truly... I don't, I don't want to say Pixar-esque story, but a story in the sense that kids and adults could enjoy. Like, I always tell people that Pokemon is made for kids. Like, the story is more aim toward a younger generation but in Sun and Moon I, I thought that the story could also be enjoyed by adults and I've always enjoyed stories in Pokemon games but this one I thought was a more a bit more deep and I think that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon made it even deeper and they they change a lot of uh, minor things and some things major but what I really thought was amazing is the character development. I, and I wrote down a few characters here. I wrote down how Guzma, Lily, Luzamin, Gladion. And I want to talk a bit about those characters later when we're done with the story because I think they completely, in some part, changed some of them and just made them a lot more, uh, they gave them more depth, if you, if you want. Okay, that's fair. Um, for those specific characters, I do remember certain things you know from pokemon sun but it was funny because coming off of the other games i i felt i felt that too in a lot of different ways because coming off of like pokemon yellow pokemon uh pokemon uh, crystal and pokemon emerald it was basic like the story seemed to to follow like the same sort of uh you know the same beats, if you will, sort of like the Force of Wa- uh, the Force Awakens and a New Hope, like sort of thing. So it, it was it was different, but at the same time, it was very very similar. With this particular one, and I'm not talking about Ultra, like the the Ultra subseries here, just Sun and Moon. It was it felt really different. And coming back to it now, like a you know like a year later or whatever, I was like, yeah, this this really is a different take on the the classic you know storylines and yes of course they're always a little bit different or whatever but in terms of its simplicity this one was it it is i I like what you say like it is a little bit deeper it's a little like it it can uh, it can appeal to children but it, it can also appeal to adults like yeah yeah so the major change with the storyline is the introduction of uh, necrozma later on like Basically, Necrozma is the villain of this game, and instead of you uh, going into the wormhole in the in in the ultra di- dimension in the fort uh, on the fort island to chase Luzamin, you go on there 
to basically save uh, Alula from Necrozma because Necrozma's uh, entire character is based on the fact that he needs a light to survive and that's why he's uh, it seems like the Ultra Recon Squad which is another group that is new to this uh, game mm-hmm. imprisoned Necrozma in a tower in me- Ultra me- Megapolis or something like that yeah I don't something remember. like that yep and it seems like they they warn you during the game that he's close to being uh, liberated or something like that. And of course, there's some new there's some stuff that happens before that that's also new. But that's the big change of this game. And I really enjoyed enjoyed this because when you do finally open the ultra wormhole, you see Luzamine and Gazma being thrown out of that. And there's this epic moment where Lusamine uh, says, this thing is a monster. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And there's a close-up yeah. of her. And I thought that was just uh, epic and set up the the battle against Necrozma very, very well. Uh, my small gripe with this part is that it was set up as an epic. And as you talked about it and you hyped it during the entire game, this uh, confrontation against Necrozma. And once you open the wormhole, like... 30 minutes after we were basically done with that. So I thought they could have maybe prolonged this a bit because the tension was high. I, I was really uh, into that moment and I thought it ended a bit quickly, if you ask me. Yeah, it's funny you say that uh, because I thought that was really epic. Normally they're like, you know, like this Pokemon is is very powerful or, or you know, something like that. But I like the fact, I really like that, that they said like, you know, they didn't refer to it like as a Pokemon. It was sort of like, this is some creature. This is a diabolical monster type of thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it's true. I was like, oh man, this is, this is epic, you know? And unfortunately for me, anyway, I was so over leveled. It was, it was almost like taking a level 100 Pokemon and going up against this poor guy. I one shotted him. Like he didn't. He didn't even have a chance to like breathe. And it was so funny because I was like, wow, man, I don't know about you guys, but geez, what a bunch of babies. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to quickly mention the difficulty of this game because they've upped it a lot. And like any RPG series out there, it really depends on your playstyle because even the hardest RPGs, if you grind like a, like a madman, you, the game will be easy. And it's true for Pokemon. And like, Pokemon has always been a series that I've played a certain way. Like if you, I've always played it on set. I always never used uh, potions and revives and stuff like that during battles. And I, I, I believe that moving forward, Game Freak really should remove the option of you to revive your Pokemon during a battle. They should only let you use your items in between battles so that way you it wouldn't give you an unfair advantage over the opponent because they don't do that they don't revive their pokemon in the battle so that's uh, uh, my two cents on that but if you if depending on your playstyle this game can be really challenging and even for me like i never i never really came close to dying or losing my party but like i said i'm i play these games so so much that i know everything about this so it's really hard for uh for me to fault them for that, but during that Necrozma fight, like I was not over level like you, like I never, re- I never, I never grinded these games. I never do that because I want to keep it as challenging as possible. 
But during that Necrozma battle, I was surprised. I thought he would, he almost did defeat me because everything he did was one-shotting me. He had that move called, I believe, Ultra Photon Geist or something like that. And that move would destroy every Pokemon I have. And he basically, he was faster than any Pokemon I have also. So I don't remember what happened. I don't know if he missed a move or I know that I got a critical hit on him. So that's why I, how I was able to uh, defeat him. And I think I used the Z move as well. But I barely survived. I think I had one Pokemon left during that battle. And because he's in, there's two battles with Necrozma. There's the first part where you fight him before, while well, he captures the legendary. So in Sun, it's Solgaleo. And in the Moon, it's Lunala. And it's pretty cool, like the way he captures and he fuses with that Pokemon. And then you fight it. And that fight was not really hard for me. But then when you do reach Ultra Metro, whatever, <laughs> Metropolis, let's call it Metropolis, where Superman's home. Sure. And he starts the battle and he's in his Ultra form. And that uh, form was not spoiled during any of the trailers which i thought was amazing so that was a huge uh, huge surprise and i really liked it i thought it was a uh, really nice and like i said it was challenging for me yeah um the the one thing i want to make clear with this particular series i don't grind there's no grinding it's what i do is as i go through a route i take on all the trainers and everything like that and just for those that are listening what ends up happening typically is I like – when I first play a Pokemon, I like to play with the starters. I just like that. It's uh, it's become like my thing. And so Steven typically will, will breed and give me – because he's always like, you know, like I'll start the game and he's on like the third island already. Uh, because he's already played, you know, like he got it at like midnight Japan time and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, so he bred me – uh, two of the three starters. Then I had the uh, Rock Ruff that was uh, like a, a giveaway type of thing. And I don't remember, I, I, I basically didn't have a sixth Pokemon for, for a long time. I'm trying to remember who my fifth guy was. Uh, there would be the three starters. There would be the giveaway that's four. Who the hell did I use? I'm at a blank right now. Anyways, whatever. So the the thing is with that, where you have to be very, 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 very careful is that if you use the mechanics of the game, which are um, uh, the Pokemon Refresh, I think is what it's called. Yep. Uh, so basically, if you use that, which if it's a feature in a game, I'm going to use it, right? Like it's just something uh, like I, I didn't even think of it. You were the one who explained it to me about the fact that like if you start to feed them these beans, there's like, you know, there's some special effects that will happen. It like they'll like you more, but not not in the same way as like happiness and all that. So like uh, Pokemon will will attack and it, like the Pokemon will say like, oh, uh, like I dodged this move because I wanted to make you happy or some something like that. And so by using those those features and by by going through when I go through a route and I and I take on all the trainers, I'm I'm almost at max level for the area by the time I get to the uh say like the final kahuna in in this case. And it's not that you're like running around in circles and grinding out it like that's not that's at least not me. That's not what I'm doing. I'm simply playing the game. But by using those features, 
by the end, the fact, to be fair, the fact that you traded me those, they're gaining, you know, like double EXP, basically. They level up so fast. Like, even right now, okay, like I'm going through Pokemon uh, Ultra Moon, and uh, we had a fun little, like, game, Stephen and I, where we picked each other's teams. And I, I, I maxed out the first island before I, like, I had just finished the first trial, and I was already, all my Pokemon weren't listening to me and were ignoring me. And I didn't do anything. All I did was I went through, like I said, and I, I went through all the... Yeah, but I have one quick question. When you see wild Pokemon, do you KO them or catch Okay, them? that was my problem last game. And that was my, my exact problem. And then you mentioned that. You were like, well, just run. Like, don't, don't fight them. Don't, don't, don't kill them. And that's exactly it. So that's what I started to do now is I don't, I, I, if I just basically fight them, catch them and leave, but just catching them is, is ridiculous how much experience I'm gaining. It's, it's like nuts. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, now that I'm on the second Island, I'm wondering if I should just say F it and just like go straight, finish the Island to hell with catching any Pokemon um, I'm just not sure what to do because, like, I'm I'm just way way too strong. Yeah, on the second island, you have they will obey you until level 35. So, watch out for that. Well, that's it. Yeah. So, okay. So, Ultra Necrozma, we've talked about that, and I just want to quickly we'll jump straight ahead to the Elite Four and the Champion because something uh, major change. Well, major depending on how much of a, a fan you are here, because the Champion is different in this game, and I don't know if you saw it coming i did because in sun and moon just before you go to the elite four how challenges you to a battle and in the, and this one he doesn't so that's how i knew that he probably would be the champion and he was and that was pretty interesting and also they changed uh, one of the elite f- elite four members which is now more moraline instead of uh, hapu no not hapu but the uh the Kahuna from the first island. I, I don't remember his name. Basically, Hao's grandfather. Yeah. So they change. They change that, which I it was really surprising because that's always the first guy I fought. I was. Uh, I was hoping they would change a bit more, but they did not, unfortunately, because I always found it lame that you would f- refight the Kahunas or fight them. Some of them you fight them for the first time as the elite. For I would have wanted new uh, members like the fort one which is uh, that girl kahili or something like that that she's a new member that you don't see anywhere else but i i like the fact that we at least got one new elite four member and we got a new champion too which is how did you did did that catch you by surprise or were you were you did you already forget that no no that was was the one who challenged you in the first one that that i actually knew like that, I, cause like, once I had gone through it, I was like, oh, okay, uh, interesting. And then I was like, oh, okay, I know where we're going. But even his dialogue, I, I, I might be mistaken, but I'm fairly certain his dialogue had, has been changed quite a bit, like going into this, because I don't remember him saying some of the things. And, and again, I'd have to replay, uh, Pokemon, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, so let's let's jump into the, those character changes now that I mentioned because how is one one of the guys that they change a lot because in the original he was like a goof he was a Jared character like just having fun goofing around battling but not taking things too seriously and in the beginning of Ultra Sun Ultra Moon he's like that but there's a change at one point and it's when you first meet Guzma and he gets his ass kicked by Guzma and he 
he decides that instead of goofing around and having fun, he's going to actually take these seriously because his Pokemon deserves it. They're give, like he said in this game is that his Pokemon are giving all they have for him, so he sh he should fairly do the same for them and try to get better at this. And he does during the during the game. He's always ahead of you this time, and he also like defeats his grandfather. You hear from his grandfather at some point. You hear that that he just had a battle with how and how really mopped the floor with him. And that's new. That's a really different uh, take on how is that he's now a much stronger character and a much stronger battler than he was in Sun and Moon. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I and I I like that. Because he was always like a goofball. I didn't find him to be like uh, like Steven. And Steven has been my uh, my go-to rival since the beginning. And and it was kind of cool because this time around it was like, okay, well, now, now he's changing. And I like that. Hey, by the way, that one event, that was really cool. And I, I, I actually went back and talked to him a couple of times and his dialogue changed it like I think once or twice. And I thought that was really, really unique. How he wasn't just, you know, some goofball type of guy. So very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, the, the, the other character I want to talk quickly about is Guzma. Because Guzma also did pr something pretty significant. And I think he does that in the post game where he removes his team's call yep. uh, icon from his jacket. Basically, this not disbanding team's call because the, the, uh, the group still exists. But instead, he becomes uh, more human, I believe, and and you can see, you can see that as my son is climbing down the stairs to come and <laughs> greet me, he you can see that Gazma is he, his story is very interesting because he originally tried to be a trial captain, and he was denied that, and really, wait, okay, yeah, I'll let you speak a bit about Gazma, and I'll go put. He'll get back with his mother. <laughs> oh, you got to love this, guys. We are the most professional ever. But yeah, so like Guzma, Guzma was really interesting. I thought this character was uh, sort of like an ass character is what I, I called him in um, in Pokemon Sun. Like I didn't, he didn't resonate well with me. I was just like, okay, like whatever. He's he's just like your, your douchebag type of you know, like gang leader type thing. But in this one, like Steven was just saying, like there's more to his character. And when he came, like he comes out at one point and he's removed the team skull thing. And it's sort of like he has an epiphany where he realizes like, what the hell am I doing type of thing, you know? And, and I really liked that. I really liked how they, they fleshed out the character. You know, it's as simple as that. It's, it's, it's not so much that he's just one dimensional now. And that, I think more so than anything, was, uh, was what I really, really liked with his particular character. And, and like Steven said, like, it's almost like he gets humanized and not just by, by the fact that, you know, he removes the skull, whoop-de-doo. But later on, too, there's, in the post-game, I thought it was pretty cool how he actually goes to, like, the rocket tower or the rainbow rocket tower at one point to help you out, which I thought was was neat. Like, he's not just this jerk character. And I don't know if Steven's back yet. 
Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. I really, really love Gazman the first one, but in this one, he's even more uh, developed. Like I said, all the characters like that. Like I want to talk about Lily, Luzamine, and Gladion now because they're they're related. They're all brothers, sisters, and Luzamine is the mom. Yep. And I like them a lot in the original, especially Gladion, because I don't know if you noticed, but Gladion acts like a tough guy, acts like a bad boy, but all of his Pokemon in Sun and Moon, all of them. They evolve via Max friendship. And that's something that most people don't realize. But that's a nice addition because at the end of the game, all Gladion's Pokemon are fully evolved. So that means he really cares for his Pokemon. And that's a nice touch that only uh, hardcore Pokemon fans will notice because the game doesn't tell you that. But there's always more hidden that if you take uh, notice, you'll you'll see. And Lily also in this game, like in, at the end of Pokemon Sun and Moon, she, she really, like she ad- becomes an ad- identity. She develops an identity. She buys clothes for the firm, uh, wears her own clothes for the first time. And really, you can see that she develops self-confidence at the end of Sun and Moon. And in this one, even during the post game, you can now, she battles with you. Yep. That's the first time that she ever battles and she really becomes stronger and I thought that was good. And Luzamin is the one that had the biggest change because in the original game she was kind of the evil character. She really was and it was pretty, pretty cool. But in this one, she still is, she still has her faults. Like she still, like basically for those who don't know, her husband, uh, Mon, I believe, which is the guy who runs Poke Pelago, was uh, lost in a, a wormhole before, and, and since that, it changed her life. And in this one, she basically becomes a bad mom, and in the hope of like, she wants to go there and rescue her husband and whatnot. But in this one, her motives are a bit different because she wants to protect Alola from Necrozma. That's her entire motive mm-hmm. behind all that. And she doesn't become, she doesn't go into a deep coma. She doesn't uh, fuse with uh, Nihiligo. She doesn't do any of that. She basically tries to fight Necrozma and fails terribly. And then her character evolves and she moves on. And she she's even one of the characters that you can fight as a, a uh, one of the challengers that will challenge you for the champion of the Elite Four once you go back to the Elite Four after. So was really interesting to see how how much they change these characters and further develop them. Yeah, man, very. It's honestly, it's it's. You sort of said like everything I could possibly say, but for those for the family, I I thought was much better handled this time around. I don't even know if that's English, but uh, <laughs> I just I thought it was it was it was way way better and. Even though I didn't remember all like the the you know the ins and out or the intricities and all this, but overall, like I cared, you know, and that was the thing. Like you liked some of these characters from the very beginning. For me, some of these I was like like Guzma. I was like ah oh, whatever, um, and and Gladion too, and the mother. I was like whatever. But this time around, and maybe again, maybe it was just fatigue, maybe it was I was just rushing through it, I don't know. But this time around, I, I actually cared about like all these different characters and what happened and, and, and the struggles that they went through. So I thought that was really, just really, really well done. Yep, really. Did you ever notice about Gladian's Pokemon? No, I did not notice no. that. No. Yeah, that's a pretty cool little feature, I thought. Yeah, that is. Uh, the Another thing I want to talk about is the trials because 
Only two trials are the same in this one. All the other ones are different and improve in my opinion. And there's also a brand new a trial at the end of the game, which I thought was really nice. But I want to mention one. The second trial of the game, which was originally the wishy-washy one, mm -hmm. there's a huge build-up at the end where you expect a, a wishy-washy, a totem wishy-washy to come out of the water and challenge you. And that doesn't happen here. Instead, you're greeted by a giant Araquanid. And that taught me... Uh, caught me totally off guard when it happened, and I loved this moment. Even though it might seem very minor for some, I was absolutely uh, in love with this moment because I never expected it, and it's just awesome to see a different Pokemon show up and one of the most interesting one from Sun and Moon. <laughs> I like the way you're just quiet. He's like, speak, Jared, speak. Yeah, no, it's I know. all right if you don't... No, 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 have... it's okay. It's okay. It's it's. Those are the sorts of things that... Like, those are the sorts of things where you really have to have played it, I think, more than once. Because if you only played it once a year ago, yeah, I don't know if you would... Like, I remembered that. It's so funny because that's the one that you, you texted me there and you're like, oh, did you realize? That was one of the only ones where I realized that it was like a different Pokemon. I was <laughs> like, hey, isn't that supposed to be one of those damn wishy-washy fish? Yeah, yeah. And so, it's, funny it's funny because those all those totems also had new mechanics now because they don't call the same Pokemon they did in Sun and Moon. Instead, they usually call a Pokemon that complements them to make the battle uh, harder and mm -hmm. more challenging. So the, the Pokemon that is called will usually have a move or will be usually be in, of the type that is strong against the, the type that the totem Pokemon is weak against. So I thought that was really nice. Also, something that Probably I'm only one of the few who really enjoy, but the fact that there's so much more clothes you can buy in this game, like I was, <laughs> and now I'm playing as a girl character in my second playthrough for the first time, and there's even more clothes to buy, so I'm having a blast doing that. I always like the option to customize your characters because it gives you personality and makes you feel like you're actually playing the game, so I thought that was a, a nice change. And I also want to talk about stickers. Like in Sun and Moon, there was this collect mechanic that was basically Zygarde cells and I never felt the need to complete it I never thought I never I thought it was really boring because the Zygarde cells really should have been in generation 6 but Pokemon Z never happened and I never never was compelled to go and collect all the Zygarde cells but in this game they added a hundred stickers for you to find and I was addicted to that. Just the sound it makes when you peel off a sticker <laughs> is amazing. It's so addictive. I don't know if you know the sound I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I thought the rewards were pretty cool too. You get at each, you get like six totem Pokemon, I believe. Yep. And those are basically the only way to get those. So I thought that was really cool. Really loved this and it added more stuff to do. Yeah, no, that was a cool, that, that I'll give them. That was pretty cool. I didn't even know about the cells, to be honest, uh, I, like at all. I was like, there were cells, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But no, yeah, the stickers, that little shh sound there is, uh, yeah. is rather addictive. And in that, there's also that wormhole mechanic where you can go inside uh, them. Yes. It's basically an action mini game where you fly through, uh, rings and either they give you speed power-ups or they lower your speed and then you go and you enter various wormholes or various cover with different 
rings ahead of them. Basically, you can find legendary Pokemon that you couldn't and other Pokemon not from this region. And I was, I'm really addicted to that. I thought that was really fun and it adds a lot of hours that you can do after you beat the game. You can also do it before beating the game. It's there for you if you want to. I think uh, Game Freak did a miss. Uh, a miss uh, they, they could have done something better here is that the default controls for this are motion controls and they really suck. And even if you don't listen to this or even if you're Jared and you don't have a friend like me, you won't know that you can change those controls, right? There's nothing in the game that tells you that nope. you can change them. Yeah, so you, no. you probably, if you didn't know you could change them, you probably would not have played that more than you did because the controls are horrible. But if you switch it to the control stick, they become awesome and that's a really nice mini game that I, I'm still not done with. I, I want to capture all the legendaries and there's also increased shiny odds in there. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually got a little bit obsessed, uh, believe it or not, with that because what I like – when do you open that? You open that near, like, right near the end of the game, and then yeah, you... right before you fight Necro- Ultra Necrozma. And and you had to go ahead and tell me that you're like, oh yeah, um, you, you don't need to like, you know, uh, fight the uh, like beat the game basically in order to to do that. So it's me. So I don't know if anybody knows me here, but I get very easily distracted with those <laughs> kinds of things. And I, I started, I don't know, I spent like two hours in there going like through all of this stuff and I, I caught, uh, like, I don't know, I caught, I think, two or three legendaries now and I caught a whole buttload of just regular Pokemon. And then I was but like, okay, fun. stop, that's stop, the, stop. That's a, okay. <laughs> but, um, no, I wasn't telling you to stop, but I mean, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I was, I, I was telling myself, I'm like, okay, Jared, stop, man, because you're never gonna finish. And anyways, but yeah, you're right, man, it's super fun. Yeah, and, and there's also tons of new addition to this game that I don't necessarily want to talk about because I noticed that we're already at 40 minutes and I still have some things to say about this. Like, the Battle Agency, I don't know if you've tried it in the Festival Plaza, that's something that I really enjoyed. Uh, I really love that they added that. There's tons and Tons of side quests in this game that weren't in the original Sun and Moon. And they're really fun to do. Unfortunately, there's no quest log. I would have really enjoyed a quest log so that once you do encounter a side quest, sometimes you cannot finish it right away. If you would have a checklist somewhere that tells you, okay, you still need to do that and then you complete it, that would be fun. Also, the rewards are shitty. Let's face it, most of these side quests reward you with an item you'll never use. There's a few that give you some good stuff, but most of them, like... Game Freak should really, really <laughs> give out better rewards for some of these. Yeah. You know, this is something where, if if you'll allow me, this is one area where I'd like to actually complain. And the reason why is because as I play through this, I, I can't help but be like, you know, it feels from a development standpoint that we're still in like the 90s. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just, I just find for for some and it, like, look, this isn't this isn't. Oh my god, the worst game ever. Nothing like that. It's just that, like, just putting your Pokemon away. The fact that it's still box based and and just weird things like that. Where I'm like, I know why you're still doing that. I I, I can sort of get that, but there are a lot of quality of life 
things that I would do. And one of which was that I, I had to actually write down a list of, of quests and stuff like that. I haven't done that since like the early nineties. I haven't done something like that. So again, it doesn't ruin the game. It doesn't break it or nothing like that. It's just that I'm hoping that with the next generation, which is what nine or eight, eight, eight. Um, I'm hoping that they go full, like, you know, modern sort of thing. Keep the boxes. That doesn't matter. That really doesn't matter. But stuff like quest logs does matter. Things like um, the items that you uh, you give out, spice it up. You know what I mean? Like, like I think Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is is pretty much like the best of the best you know like we have great quality of life items they they did so many different things in in the game that's fantastic but moving forward i really want to see them like you know make like incorporate some more modern rpg elements such as that it's just you really nailed it man when you said the quest log i actually have my notes here and that was the big one that uh if i were to review this game that would is where i would take off like marks and just say that you know it kind of it kind of sucks. Like it would have been really, really useful because I don't know if I'm missing anything. Like, did I did I screw up and I just didn't happen to you know write I can something down? Guarantee you, there's side quests you missed because I'm like 75 hours into Ultra Moon right now, and I still occasionally run into something that I missed. So, yeah. All right. Just before we talk about the post game, I wanted to talk about something a first for the Pokemon series, something that was never done before, and that is the addition of new, brand new Pokemon for this uh, for this game, which Black and White Two didn't get, uh, Yellow did not get, Crystal did not get. Like uh, Platinum got some new forms, but did not get an actual new Pokemon for the Pokedex, and in this game. We have one, two, three, four, and technically there's a fifth one that is a medical Pokemon that hasn't been announced yet that we know from Data Manners is coming. So there's four new Pokemon in this game and a fifth incoming one. And that might not seem like a lot, but it's still a step in the right direction. I always wondered why they did not do that. For Black and White 2, if you go to the website or blog and you read my review, I always complain that they should have added at least new starters, like something to for us to play, because I really enjoyed these new Pokemon. Like, they're all Ultra Beast, but they're so awesome. Like, the, the Pokemon I made you catch for me, uh, I used in the, the the battle competition yesterday, and he just destroys everybody. Like, he has a move called Mind Blown, where he basically throws his head and it explodes, and it takes off 50% of your health, but it basically knocks out anything that is not resistant to it, and it just... Awesome, and there's also this uh, new Ultra Beast called Poipol, which is the Pokemon the Ultra Recon Squad used during the game, and they give it to you at some point. Like he actually evolves; he's an Ultra Beast that actually evolves. That that's never been done before. And he evolves into Naga- Naganadel, which is a Dragon Poison type, and that dude is just a beast. Like it's just one of the best Pokemon ever, and you get that from playing this game. So there's a huge incentive to actually use this Pokemon, and I can't wait to build them up competitively and use them in uh, competitive battles and use them in the battle tree and stuff like that. It's just a lot of fun and more reason for. A hardcore Pokemon player like me to play the game. Yeah, what is the battle tree? What is that? You you mentioned that before. You're like, oh, when you get to the battle tree, I haven't gotten to the battle tree, so I don't okay. Know. Well, when you finish 
Pony Island, you probably have some areas left unexplored on Pony Island, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's, that's, you'll know where the battle tree is once you basically go to the top right of the island. You'll see uh, something cool happens, but that was also in Sun and Moon. I won't spoil it for you because that was also in Sun and Moon, so people know what I'm talking about, but it's a pretty cool little throwback. All right, cool, cool. And, and, I'm assuming is it a multiplayer thing or is it a uh... no no it's a it's a single it's basically a way to battle competitively but against computers and it rewards you with battle points so you can get mega stones and uh, other hard to get items. Okay, cool, very cool. So I look forward to uh, I look forward to that. Um, my 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 team for this online competition is the funniest team in the world, and I did it on purpose. Because I had registered you for the competition, and then I, I registered myself, which was significantly easier to do, I might add. <laughs> but anyway, and and I had nothing at that point in time. I had no legendaries. I had no. I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. So I have like a ratata. I have like <laughs> I have the lamest team in the world. When people go up against me, they must be laughing in hysterics because it's just pathetic. But it's fun. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So, did did you enjoy the new Pokemon, or are you? I don't even know which new Pokemon are are there yeah, yet. That's what so. I thought. Yeah. So basically, there's Purple and Negadanel. There's Blessephilion, which is the Ultra Boost that looks looks like a clown or a gumball machine or a disco ball, whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. there's Stakata. So those are the new Pokemon and the mythical Pokemon. I don't know what his name is. That's still unannounced, but it's basically an electric cat, kind of like. Uh, What's the name of the Litten, what he his final evolution is? Basically looks like that uh, Incineroar, but uh, electric. Anyway, it's pretty cool. All right, cool. I want to talk about the pose game now, and we'll end with this, and that's the Rainbow Rocket uh, takeover. And this was so awesome for me for so many reasons because basically it's an hour or two mission, so it's not that long, not that short, where you fight every single villain from the franchise. So basically, Team Rocket Giovanni is the main bad guy, and he recruits the the bad guys from uh, Ruby and Sapphire, which are Archie, and I don't remember the other guy's name. And then you get the the guy from Platinum, which is Cyrus, something like that. Yep, that's it. And then you get Geo Geosis or whatever, the guy from Black and White, and then you get Ly- Lysander from X and Y, and then you fight Giovanni, and it's it's like the classic red and blue, yellow, even some gold silver puzzles where you have uh, these warp panels and stuff like that. I thought it was just an amazing way to uh, end, well, not end, but to end the story kind of. Yeah, I I thought it was absolutely awesome. Even though I didn't know some of these guys, I'm not an idiot because they tell you like you know where they're essentially from. Um, I I looked them up, you know, like the different gangs and stuff like that, and I was like, ah, oh, this is really cool, man. The only thing, my only, and I don't want to say disappointment per se, is that a lot of the uh, the bosses shared the same Pokemon, which I thought was kind of like okay, that's weird. Uh, I don't know if it was like that in the, like, like did the, the, the team leaders, did their Pokemon, like, come from their games or they were all... Yeah, like, you can, yeah, I, I, I did not notice this, actually, that they shared some Pokemon. I know maybe they shared one or two, but they usually have uh, 
a solid team from that generation and they also have the legendary yeah, from that, that generation which is awesome yeah exactly so so that was the thing there were like two pokemon that they they would share which i was a little surprised by but then exactly the, the cool part was the legendary that was really cool i was like i didn't expect that to be really honest i don't i don't know what i was expecting but i was like oh that's bad ass man and it is it really is so i thought that was Awesome, awesome, awesome. And when you say like, oh, you, you like, you know, I, I was talking about uh, Dragon Quest before. I was saying about the post game, like you had to play the post game. And you were like, ah, oh, yeah, but you never play the post game in, in, in Pokemon. But I have played the post game in all of the Pokemon games I've played except for, um, Sun and, and Moon. Is it typical though, like this? I mean, like I didn't play X and Y and I didn't play Black and White, so I, I don't know. What kind of post game is like the norm? No, this is not uh, typical. Sometimes you usually the the third version gets more stuff, and like the post game in X and Y wasn't really that exciting. It was actually pretty boring. The mission they they gave you, but uh, like for me, post game is usually like uh, catching all Pokemon and you doing like the the the, the little missions they add, and then. Of of course, for me, and that's I don't think this will ever be for you, but it's training up Pokemon, building up teams, and battling online. That's where I spend hundreds and hundreds of hours usually. But in this game, like that mission, that's for me was a hit of nostalgia, and it was also like they they said that the team working on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were younger guys, and the main team at Game Freak is working on the Switch uh, game. So they, you can tell that they had fun with this and they just, I thought this was like the perfect send off to the 3DS. Like that's the way you kick off, uh, you, you say goodbye to 3DS with that Pokemon game and you basically give us a, a huge dose of nostalgia. That, that's, that's how much, that's how I felt about this uh, mission. Yeah, and, and that's why I was asking about like the post game because I was like, I really enjoyed this. And I was like, oh man, like if, if this is what the post game is like, like if this is the normal post game, yeah. like over the last, you know, say like five, yeah, ten the years. Po- the post game in Sun and Moon was, some people did not love it, but I thought it was fantastic because it basically had you going and capture all the ultra beasts that you, you didn't, you didn't see in the main game. But this one surpassed it by far, yeah. Well, whatever the case may be, I, I, I really, this, this is, like you say, I think this was probably like the best way to say goodbye to the 3DS. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to see what they do next. I'm really, really curious. All right. So I'm curious to know your final thoughts here because you mentioned that you were going to try to get the full decks? Are you still planning on doing that? I think so, yeah. I, I have nothing like over the holiday. I, I basically have two weeks off um, and I, 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 I want to finish Dragon Quest Eleven on the um, on the PS4, PS4 but it's like... We'll see because I'm having too much fun and that's, that's a promise that I made to myself this year and I'm, I'm very proud of myself this year. This year I did something I did never thought I would ever do, which is I, uh, I only played under 20 games and I had fun with just about every single one of them. When I didn't have fun, I just stopped playing or if I, if it's something, you know, piqued my interest more so than something else, I, I went with 
with the game that I was more interested in. I'm very, very proud of myself that I actually did that. And I think moving forward, that's going to be my new thing. And so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I very much want to. And that, to me, I would say, yes, I did the post game. You know what I mean? Like if I if I did the storyline at the end and then I go and I, I capture all the different Pokemon, I think that's good because I, I don't want to get into the, the competitive uh, thing. That's for you. But already, like, I had so much fun with breeding. I was like, this is awesome. And now I, I have a much better understanding of how this works. I watched some videos on, on some of the very simple explanations on how IVs work and how you can actually pass different values down to your offspring and stuff. And I thought that was very, very, very interesting. And it's going to be very useful. Just breeding in and of itself is going to be very useful for trying to complete the Pokedex because I can just constantly breed starters, for example, and trade out because it's seems like everybody wants starters um and i can easily trade those guys out for pokemon that i'm missing but not only that like i can take say like a third evolution um, pokemon or whatever evolved pokemon and just breed that out get the baby and then from the baby i can get the other two that i'm missing and thanks to you with that level up uh, spot i can do it in in seconds and mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think so, man. I think so. I think uh, right. by January first, I'd like to have completed it. But we'll see. I, I, it really will depend. There's no new yeah. games coming out. It's just I might need your help because I don't yeah, know which ones no are missing. Yeah, there's no problem. Like I told you, I, uh, I have a full dex and I have pretty much every Pokemon out there at some in some game or in the Pokebank. So there's not a really a problem. So. We'll finish this off with uh, your final thoughts because I, I I'm a Pokemon freak. I love everything, but I want to know: Do you? And we'll finish this off right here because we're already way overboard here. Do you think people who've already played Sun and Moon should give this game a chance? I think so. I think because the story is much more fleshed out. Unless you were, like, look, here's the truth: If you're Steven, you already own the game. It's as simple as that. Like, if you're a hardcore Pokemon fanatic that's been, you know, that has not stopped playing Pokemon Sun and Moon since it came out, then you already own the game. I don't need to convince you. If you're the type of person who's somewhat more like me that will play the game when it comes out, wants to play it for the story, wants to play it to experience the new Pokemon and uh, the new starters and just, just to have fun with the game, then I think so. I think you should still buy it because it's been over a year since you played the other one. And this one has a much more fleshed out storyline. The post game is fantastic. And like Steven said, you get a whole bunch of uh, different Pokemon. You get access to a wormhole, which gives you access to tons of legendaries that, you know, from, from the rest of the series. It just why not? You know, you couple this with the Pokebank and my Pokebank has like, I think, eight pages worth of Pokemon now. I never imagined like just two years ago. Or three years ago, if you would have told me that I would actually have a Pokebank filled with like, you know, a hundred Pokemon or whatever, I would have said you are on drugs. But here we are. Look at me now. All right. Well, that's a perfect way to end this. So thanks a lot, guys, for watching this. I can't wait to see the video of this, actually, because this will be challenging for you. We're almost at an hour of uh, gameplay footage you'll need to do. And I think you should actually put this on iTunes, too, because I think this will make for a great audio podcast. So thanks for watching and listening, guys. And leave us a comment. What did you think of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon?